Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to uh, Wednesday. It is February 22nd. This month is quickly, quickly getting away from us. Uh, before we know it, we're going to be saying it's March 1st. I hope uh, your week's going well so far. Uh, yesterday was not a good day on Wall Street. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us here up in just a second or two. Before we do that, though, let's not forget that uh, there are so many things in this world that we just cannot control, but we can control and you can control how much risk you have in your portfolio. If you know how much risk you have and you know how much risk you should have, you can take control. That's why I developed the core retirement design. Give us a call at 863-382-0037. Hey, with that, we got Dave coming up next. Glad you're with us this morning. 105.7 Light FM. Every once in a while, Philip Statler and I try to figure out what Miss Samuel is causing this mess, and I let the record run out. It is time to check in on your finances and see what the Sam Hill is going on on Wall Street this morning. Boy, it was mess yesterday. About the only people that made any money yesterday were people that owned the VIX because the volatility index went up like a skyrocket. Philip Statler is on the line. Did I give you time to catch your breath yet this morning, Philip? Yes, sir, buddy, it is. And I'm not sure exactly what happened yesterday, but it was a doldrum day. It was a huge drop. It, it really was. Board. I mean, yeah. Yeah, pretty much everything went to heck in a handbasket. The Dow was down by 697 points. That's a full 2%. Standard & Poor's off by a full 2%, down 82 points. And the NASDAQ was down by 2.5%, down almost 300 points yesterday. Like I said, about the only people that made money yesterday were people that bought the VIX. Yeah, it, it definitely was. It was a, it was a painful day yesterday. And, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, that that's probably – um, if it's not the worst day this year, it's got to be close to one of the top three anyway. According, according to one of my tip sheets, it was the worst day of 2023 so far, and I was kind of giggling, and I was, we were killing time on the phone beforehand. One of my tip sheets, the headline is, why the 2023 rally might be in trouble. What do you <laughs> think was your first clue, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. This is what happens when 20-year-olds write financial tip sheets. Uh, one of the things, you know, J.P. Morgan came out and said, basically, the damage is done, which kind of sings the hymn that you and I have been singing now for months and months and months uh, with this uh, flurry of rate increases and uh, rapid rises in interest rates. And uh, I've been saying for a long time, now, really, I mean, in absolute terms, the interest rates aren't obscenely high. But the speed with which we brought them up all at once, uh, J.P. Morgan says, damage is done, there's going to be a plunge, and we're going to have a recession whether we like it or not and then you found a fed governor who thinks that we can do even worse huh oh well i think he can do better he says we can raise interest rates we need to get as fast as we can we need to get that 5.4 percent target rate um and then figure out where we are and whether we need to raise more or we need to start dropping interest rates and he thinks if we do that that uh we can avoid uh we have a good possibility anyway of of beating inflation without creating a recession. And uh, my first reaction to that was asking whether or not he's got a medical marijuana card, because that kind of goes right against the trends that you and I have been seeing, and basically against basic economics, too, because we know darn good and well that we're just beginning 
beginning to feel the effects of the last, like, three to six months' worth of increases in interest rates. And, yeah, it, we're going to end up slowing down the economy, but the problem is you do another half or three-quarter percent coming up in March, and what's going to end up happening? We're going to feel that coming about October. And by then, like J.P. Morgan says, the damage has been done. Now all we have to do is figure out how to fix it. Exactly right, Dave. And so, you know, I, I get what he's saying, and um, but but I just don't I, I just don't see the merits of it really. Um, I think that um, I mean the one key thing that I see that is an issue is the whole labor market. Um, you know, when there's when there's ten thousand job openings or ten million job openings, and we only have two million people looking for jobs, that continues to be a problem. And so, if we continue to have wage inflation. Um, I'm not sure raising interest rates is going to be able to knock that and cut it off in the bud because uh, people, there's too many jobs out there. They may not be the exact right jobs, but, but they're out there that people can have. And so I think that's going to continue to be an issue with this whole deal. And that is the challenge. I mean, okay, and, and you made a really valid point, and we always have to say this because there are people with legitimate challenges in the world on the employment front, but, you know, there is a job. It may not be the right job, and it may not be paying what you want it to. And the problem is we get to the point of all we do is we bump those interest rates up. I can't believe it. I'm blessed with pretty good credit at the moment. And I got a, a, a junk mailer the other day saying, hey, here's this fancy new credit card that we'll let you have. No annual fee. Of course, then I looked down the line, and the uh, interest rate on the thing, something like 34% on the stupid <laughs> thing. And I'm, and that's a guy with an 820 credit rating being offered that crap. <laughs> the interest rates are going to kill the consumers because if they're not being employed to the extent that they want to be, they're running up credit cards, and uh, the interest rates are doing nothing more than creaming that, and that's a ticket for a recession again. It, it really is. And, and you know, those... Um the chickens are going to come home to roost, right? And and when they do, the whole credit card market's going to fall apart, and we're going to see a lot of missed payments, a lot of defaults, and that's going to really uh, be a, a, a pushing point on across the board because then people can't spend money. They don't have any credit left to go spend money. And this is going to – it harkens right back. We're trying to use just one tool in the toolbox to beat inflation and beat the uh, and, and beat things into a normalized economy. And the problem is we're trying to do it all with monetary policy, and now I'm just harkening back to my old economist roots. Uh, it, it has to be addressed, has to be addressed by the fiscal policy side of things. And that means that uh, we got a few members of Congress, like, oh, maybe about 535 of them that need to grow a pair mm -hmm. and uh, start to actually – you know, giving us a little bit of restraint in terms of the spending policy. You want, them to, is you want the them to quit spending money, Dave? You want them to quit spending money? I mean, I realize it's heresy, Philip, but it is really the only way I know, don't you? <laughs> I agree, but they spend money like drunken sailors up there. It doesn't matter which party's up there. Absolutely. I mean, there are two tools in the toolbox. There's monetary policy and there's fiscal policy. And the problem is the only tool we're able to lean on is monetary policy because the fiscal policy just keeps running out of control on a regular basis. And uh, we're going to end up hitting a recession just on the grounds that it's going to be monetarily generated before it's done. And there's my economic lecturette for the day. Um, 
the one report that came out early this morning was mortgage applications, and it was not good news. Uh, with a bump up in mortgage rates, mortgage applications fell another 13.3% last week. And it kind of leads us into the first report that you had from the company's reporting. One of our big home builders reported this morning. How did Toll Brothers do? Well, Toll Brothers ended up with a pretty decent quarter um, this last quarter. If I can scroll to the right place here, there they are. Um, so they uh, they beat expectations by about thirty one cents, almost thirty one cents a share. Um, revenue came in a little bit above expectations, not much, uh, but that's better than the alternative, right? And so uh, mm-hmm. we've got Toll Brothers actually up a little over two and a half percent this morning. It's nice to have good news to lead these numbers for a change, isn't it? It is. It is. Hey, we didn't talk about this before we went on the air, but I did want to mention it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, You talked about mortgage rates, which are interest rate sensitive. Um, I just wanted to tell you the two and the 10 right now. I mean, the the 10 and the 30 right now are are oscillating between two one hundredths and three one hundredths of a percentage difference uh, before the 10 year takes the, the 30 year. Uh, I was going to say, we're real close to an inversion on those two. I'm looking at it now. Very close, very close. But we do have some other companies that reported and uh, and did pretty well. I mean, one company that really kind of hit it out of the park was uh, Palo Alto Networks. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they're a software company, but they uh, they beat on earnings, beat on revenue uh, for their – it was their second quarter – uh, they beat the expectations, and this was the third consecutive quarter that they've been profitable um, after after a decade of losses, Dave. So so that's some pretty good news for that group, and uh, and so they're trading up almost ten percent this morning. That's good news. They aren't on my list as winners and losers because they're not in the S and P five hundred. I don't think, at the very least, they didn't show up on my list. But they're a long term company. They're almost a dinosaur in high tech, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. They've been around for a long time. Uh, we got Coinbase. Imagine that, right? The cryptocurrency exchange. Um, if you tell and, me they beat, I'm going to drop my false teeth. Well, they did beat. They they had a, <gasps> but they still lost a They still lost a bunch of money though. Um, they lost two dollars and forty six cents a share instead of two dollars and fifty five cents a share. Um, revenue was actually uh, better than expected by oh forty. 30, 40, 40 million dollars. So, uh, mm. yeah, so they, they saw some some good numbers there. They are trading down, obviously, uh, about a third of a percent because they still are losing money. We had uh, uh, Intel reported. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. I don't think they reported, but, but they came out with an announcement that wasn't good news. They cut what are, the – What are they doing? They cut their dividend. Oh, to twelve that, and a half that, cents a share, that, and that's never that, good. That boils down to a poison pill almost during earnings season. It really is, and so uh, they're 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 saying, look, we need to take prudent allocation of our owners' capital in order to be able to implement their new strategy, their IDM 2.0. must be a new chip or something they're working on. But um, so, yeah, anyway, so they're trading down almost seven-tenths of a percent today. We, we do have, uh, well, I thought Lazy Boy was going to be up, but Lazy Boy is not trading up right now for some reason. But they had a good quarter. I mean, they beat expectations. 
they, they, they came in at 91 cents a share versus 66 revenue beat by man close to 40 50 million dollars so they had a really good quarter not sure why because they were up earlier like four percent now it says uh well I, I take that back the index hasn't traded yet i mean the stock hasn't traded yet this morning on the futures so it's still showing me the number from yesterday and yesterday it closed down 4.7 percent um, they're saying today that it should pop by about 4% this morning. So we'll have to wait and see if anybody's going to jump out there and start to try to buy it yet. Sounds to me like it'll at least make up what it lost yesterday, right? I'm hoping so. And then the last one I have for you is Garmin. Mm. Uh, and, and Garmin posted a fourth quarter that beat the consensus estimates across the board. Um, and uh, and so that that was good news for them. They are trading up three and a quarter percent this morning. Cool. Well, resetting the table here this morning, and again, with the 2 p.m. release of the Federal Open Market Committee meeting minutes from last month, it could be a seismograph at 2 p.m. It looks like a lot of people are sitting on their hands. Bloodbath yesterday, 45 minutes before we open. How are we looking this morning? Dave, right now we've got uh, just a tinge of, of green ink, Not definitely not enough to make up for yesterday's decline, but we've got the S&P 500 up about two-tenths. The, the Dow Jones Industrial 30 up almost two tenths and the NASDAQ 100 up three tenths. So everything's in the in the green, but that could change really quick. Uh, on the other side of the coin, we've got silver trading down a quarter of a percent. We've got gold up a little over a tenth of a percent. Crude oil is taking a big bath today, Dave, um, or took a bath yesterday, and it's down more this morning, down six tenths this morning, but it's down to $75.88 a barrel right now. Could we maybe see a decrease of the pumps? <laughs> that takes a couple of weeks, but I'll take it happily. Uh, overseas markets, everything is in red ink. Asian markets said to heck with you and pretty much sold this morning. Everything was down at least a half a percent. European markets are also off, not big, but off midway through their day. Uh, keeping tabs on an employment account, a retirement account by watching the daily stock market is not good business. How do I find you to get a plan so that what you and I talk about every morning is kind of entertainment value, Philip? Yeah, that's the one thing is that there's there's one thing in this world that we can control, and that's your risk in your retirement portfolio. Uh, give us a call at 863-382-0037 to walk through our core retirement design where we focus on the risks that are out there. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show. 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. And back here tomorrow morning to tell you what the Fed minutes said and all the rest of the stuff that could affect your money tomorrow. Philip, you have a good day, and I'll see you then. All right, man, you have a great day, and I will talk to you in the morning. Thank you, sir. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Again, I want to thank you for joining us. Don't forget, it's the risk in your portfolio. The closer you get to retirement, that's very, very important. Give us a call, 382-0037, to schedule your core retirement design. Hey, with that, have a great day. I look forward to speaking to you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.